Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces, around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined today by Phil Caulfield. Kia ora, Phil. Hi, Samuel. Where are you, Phil? South Dunedin. And how was your bubble life? Right. Were you in South Dunedin for that? No, I was in Rosland. I was between um, houses and... um, that might let me use his um, uh, mobile home. So we had a three-way um, set up the uh, one bubble at the top of the house, uh, one bubble in the bottom of the house, and my bubble in the um, in the camper. And you are a musician. Did you get to play much music during the lockdown? Oh, yeah. I had unlimited time. I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there, was there COVID inspiration music being produced? No, I wrote a song about um, post-traumatic stress disorder. But not connected to COVID? No. No, I wasn't really interested and eventually you got to get out and play some music again? I play every Thursday. I run an open mic at the uh, Dunedin Folk Club. been running it for about five and a half years. I uh, always get to play on a Thursday, and there's been the odd gig with the band. We played at um, Park, at uh, Dog With Two Tails. Mm. Have you always been a folk musician? I'm not really a folk musician. I just find the folk club um, has sort of a concert situation, which I prefer. So, um, and people there are mainly my age, so they grew up in the 60s and they like all sorts of music. So how do you describe your own music? It's got elements of pop, country, folk, rock. Um, it's not straight country. It's not straight folk it's sort of a folk rock country pop mix yeah. did that happen by accident mm, well i just write what i write and, <laughs> uh, it, it comes out how it comes out yeah i have written one sort of folky song in a tent in um, nelson in uh, 2005 so it's about the only song that you could call sort of trad folk and it came out like it came out which was yeah trad folk although some of your music some of the is it the music off home there's a almost a sea shanty in there portobello yeah that's the one i'm talking about oh okay because hmm. that's maybe, maybe that's the one that i associate with you Oh, okay. It's popular. I hardly ever do it, um, but I'm going to do it at the next gig uh, because people like it. There's a strange kind of light here. It's golden and it's low. September morning, Otago. Hooray for the sunlight. Hooray for the day. Though I'm full of butterflies, cause home is far away. Portobello at rocky low tide. 
Portobello, where the ducks and the seagulls hide. It's an old-time village. Little pigs have big ears. Little pigs have big ears. Portobello, Portobello by the sea. I came here an immigrant sailing on the sea. Wanganella, John Wycliffe, it's much the same to me. Scots, English, Irish, do you feel the same? When the green hills are not my land still and the North Sea's far away. Portobello, at rocky low tide, Portobello, where the ducks and the seagulls hide. It's an old time village, little pigs have big ears, little pigs have big ears. Portobello, Portobello by the sea. There's a milkman with his horse and cart, 1960. Mr. Seaton taking pennies and talking as he goes. Thropen's halfpenny, a pint from the can. Unbottled, unpasteurized from cows on his own land. Portobello. At rocky low tide, Portobello, where the ducks and the seagulls hide. It's an old time village, little pigs have big ears, little pigs have big ears. Portobello, Portobello by the sea. There's an older sea captain, telescope to his eye, watching poor charmers, watching ships go by. Up in the turrets of his stately home, the retreat on one acre, never more will he roam. Portobello. At rocky low tide, Portobello, where the ducks and the seagulls hide. It's an old time village. Little pigs have big ears. Little pigs have big ears. Portobello, Portobello by the Quite a lot of those songs have got place. Not just this this place, which excites me, because you've got Portobello and um, Elsie Evans is kind of about here as well. Yes, I wrote a lot of songs about um, Otago. Most of my songs are set in Otago. I did set out to write about New Zealand places and culture. And, and there's something about songs about place, because they, they kind of resonate even if you don't recognise the places because they're, they're kind of about that place. They're telling the story of that place. Yeah, if you're deeply inside something, it'll come across. You can't go shallow. You've got to go deep. So let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have a Jefferson Airplane Lava. Why this one? I went to Sydney in 1969 back to where I used to live. And um, I was staying with a cousin, and um, there was an album in the living room that had the Hiroshima atom bomb on the cover, the explosion with this group in the top of the mushroom cloud. And I thought, that looks interesting. And I put it on the um, record player, and suddenly I heard this music that... Um, it felt like going home. So Lather was the first track I ever heard of Jefferson Airplane. I still love it. I'm still playing it. 
and that song's got a good story in it as well. It's, it's, a, it's a story about a boy growing up, isn't it? Yeah, it's about Spencer Dryden, the drummer, who was turning 30. He was the older mem- oldest member of the group at that time, and Grace Slack wrote the song about him. Grace was the lead, well, one of the two lead singers, along with Marty Balin. Lather was 30 years old today They took away all of his toys His mother sent newspaper clippings to him About his old friends who'd stopped being boys There was Howard C. Green, just turned 33 His leather chair waits at the bank And Sergeant Dow Jones, 27 years old, commanding his very own tank. But Lather still finds it a nice thing to do, to lie about nude in the sand. Drawing pictures of mountains that look like bumps, and thrashing the air with his hands. But wait! Lather's productive, you know He produces the finest of sound Putting drumsticks on either side of his nose Snorting the best licks in town But that's all over Lather was 30 years old today And Lather came foam from his tongue He looked at me, eyes wide and plainly say Is it true that I'm no longer young? And the children call him fame what the old men call insane And sometimes he's so nameless That he hardly knows what game to play Which words to say And I should have told him No, you're not old And I should have let him go If Mawira was here, which she isn't, she would be asking you a question about the role of imagination. So I'll ask it for her. What's the the role of imagination? Where, where do these songs come from? They come from my life. I don't really have to use imagination. But you must be able, you must spot a thing and say, "Well, oh, that's an interesting that's an interesting nugget that that's worth to, worth singing about." Or does it does it come from a line? Where, where does it come from? comes from a feeling, emotion. So a lot of the time I don't know what I'm going to write about. It's just I might write um, brown snakes on the road on the way to Winton. Mind you, I knew that one, uh, so it's not a very good example. <laughs> I knew what that was about. But you know, often um, it's just something that comes into my head. Uh, I think they, there's just so much writing. I, I wrote something down about a week ago. Um, I didn't continue with it, but you have a you have like a, a a line like that, and then the song builds around that. Yeah, I'm lyric based, so um, yeah, I'll explore whatever that feeling is through words, and um, I just write anything. Oh, I started out one song, uh, brown leaves on the ground or through the valley. Their orchards stretched to the hills. And it was about a weekend I spent in Dunback. And um, I didn't know where the song was going. And I made a chorus, and I could never get the chorus to work. And then 
I was thinking about it one day, and I, I thought, oh, this is Ernst Clue, 1965. And um, when I realized that, I could write the whole song. Uh, but Dunback inspired it with The Orchard, and it was about orcharding, and it was about the start of the orcharding industry in central Otago. Do people have to know that to enjoy the song? Or, or can you just it, it, it be a nice evocative story about a, a, a place, any place? It's specifically about Ernsclue Road and the start of the uh, fruit growing industry, which was started by the miners who decided to stay on when the Easty Gold ran out, a story I've always loved. So if you listen to the song, it's um, an evening and a morning in the life of an orchardist pruning. And then there's a reflection back to when the fruit growing industry started. So I think you'll get it. Brown leaves on the ground or through the valley Fair orchards stretch to the hills Late at light turns to night in a moment The day Long 
music went on pause along with the the rest of us did it manage to to come back as as strongly as before been in the band yeah oh well we had one retired up in uh, Waimati and um, we we played a gig in April uh, but the uh, the member from Waimati didn't come to that one. Um, no, so we went to a four-piece instead of a five-piece. Yeah. So, so I, I sometimes ask people if the if the pandemic is going to have a footprint in the in the work that they've been doing, and it will have a footprint in the work you've been doing because you've going from four to from five to four. Your music will change at that point. True, but it changes quite a bit anyhow. So um, there's one member that stayed right through from or about 10 years ago. Um, but I've had many bands over the years, starting in the uh, mid-80s. So it's pretty fluid a lot of the time. Why do you do it? Survival. Survival as in it pays the money or survival in, as in it's a, a thing you must do from an emotional level? The second one, yeah, it's um, they talk about externalizing in um, psychiatry and what that means is if you can externalize what is in your subconscious or what's bugging you, um, laid outside of yourself, you can deal with it better. So with songs, I see it a lot like that for myself. And they're mainly from my life, uh, directly from my life. And there are some of my songs I share with other people. They're the ones I take into concert because I think that they might um, be useful to other people. And that's proved the case over the years. Because they get this, they get that emotional connection. Yeah, whether when a gig's going well, when you're actually connecting with an audience, and when you're connecting with the band, and you're connecting with the music, it's like the energy becomes one, and it's very uplifting. And you'll finish a gag and or even during the gag, and, and it's... I, I get it all the time at the folk club. We have concerts there. People shut up and listen, and um, they become part of the whole thing. Um, there's no distractions um, at the folk club. That's the big thing I like about it, and just the sheer amount of artistry in the club, the music, the playing... And that's the, you said the open mic is, is every Thursday. And that, that is a, an open mic or a, a, a chalkboard, a whiteboard concert? Is that how it works? Yeah. Everybody that comes gets to play two songs. And again, it's like a little concert um, because everybody sits and listens. and People share. People have made bands there, meeting people there, made duos, whatever. It's a community now. Yeah, I like that. I don't know if you're at the um, at the folk festival over New Year this year, where it poured and poured with rain. I think it flooded in other parts of the the country, but the lots of people's bands were all disrupted, and so the the bands that were playing were mix and match because it was whoever could get there, and this person had to leave because they didn't have a four wheel drive, and this person. Um, couldn't get in because they didn't have a four-wheel drive or whatever it might be. But the the music that was played still had the same level of excitement and freshness, if not more, than than, than we would have expected. Yeah, I heard about it. I was actually in the Wire Rapper at the time. Um, so I wasn't there. Um, I think people just pitched in and did whatever um, to keep it going. Um, and that's what happens with that bunch of musicians. Yeah, 
they're still, still going to have a party regardless of <laughs> I think that's a true measure of people that know what they're doing when they can produce music on the fly like that. Yeah, I love it. I, I travel around quite a bit to visit family. I've just come back from Auckland. I go to Australia. But I've never found a community like the one in Dunedin. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mehi aroha nui, kia koutou kotahua hau. All having the best day, beautiful superstars, and your beloved universals. I really hope, wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining, and illuminating for you more and much day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, and here, making them. Thank you. I know that for all of us, this last more than a year has been this journey of ups and downs and transformations and trials and all sorts of things have shifted and changed for us all over this time. And of course, it's so important that we're kind to ourselves and each other, compassionate to the needs and the very real emotions that we're all feeling at different times in different ways. I've had a very lovely day visiting Balmacuan Intermediate School and working with them on their school production which I will be playing Mother Earth which is a great honour of course for me and I'm going to have a very large costume with a very long train which will come on stage and the long train will move across the floor made of bird masks and bird wings and things and then all these dancers will emerge from under the train of my dress and come and grab the masks and the wings and put them on turn into birds which is very exciting. And so I had a wonderful time with all these lovely young people talking about all their ideas for the wearable arts component of the production that they do every year, and looking at lots of pictures of wearable arts that other people have done around the world and having a, that real sense of connection and community to all of us humans as a species with our creativity and how beautiful it is that... Of course, we're all bringing something new, and it was wonderful looking at all the children's drawings and all their amazing ideas, and they're all so different. And, of course, nothing that I could have said or contributed uh, really was was needed except as an encouragement because they already had so many amazing ideas, which was fantastic. And, of course, this got me thinking that we are not alone in this, and, in fact, all species of life is so creative and is, is constantly creating something new around them, whether it's these tiny, tiny microscopic life forms building their communal habitats down in Antarctica or in Fiordland, like the beautiful Bryzone, and all the birds in their nests starting to come into that time of year, especially for the takahe, getting all shiny and ready to breed, and they'll be creating their beautiful nests or whether it's the trees and how they grow towards the light and where they choose to fruit and flower, or the beautiful mycelium and wonderful mycrosial fungus under the ground, creating and communicating with one another, forming all these communities. It's all around us, this creative energy, which is wonderful. And of course, it's so beautiful that each of us is contributing something unique and I would hope that in the course of our life we have the opportunity to really enjoy that and really refine that. We can think of ourselves as instruments, of course, for this creative energy and that each of us is playing a different note through ourselves or singing a different note through ourselves and we are this great orchestra. And over our life I hope that we would sing or play or give out this, this sense of who we are with more and more clarity and more and more refinement and volume, I would hope, if that's what we want to do. So beautiful people, I really hope for you that you're having the opportunity to share who you are creatively and have a sense of the community that surrounds you, that's supporting you. And whatever may arise for us as a species, as a web of species, that we will always have these creative capabilities to support ourselves and each other and bring out the best into this beautiful world and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon thanks so much Kakiti. you're listening to Blowing Bubbles we're talking with Phil Caulfield 
what's next for you in in music phil i've been playing guitar more um and i'm trying to put more into the practices and um just become better at what i'm doing and get better as a band member that's all just whatever springs from that is there another album coming i've got enough for another album I've been talking to a guy that has got a studio. Um, the studio we recorded in, starting in 1994, that one's closed. So um, I'm looking at a, a new studio to re record an album in. So that'll start sometime this month. I've got a cold right now. You probably can hear my raspy voice. And um, so I'm delaying it a bit until I get my voice back. Hmm. Is there a theme to it? No, I, I don't really have themes, but I find if I write, say, songs over a two or three year period, there will be some sort of theme in there because it comes from, they will come, they're all written in that same period. It might be called Loneliness and Dreams. That's one of the songs that's on the album. Tribute's probably the wrong word, I'm not sure, uh, but they're both um, World War II veterans who both um, uh, had what is now called post-traumatic stress disorder. So I wanted to, I've been wanting to write a song about that for a long time, so that was written during lockdown. How do you do that in a way that is like taking something that's difficult and challenging like that and make it so that it's, I don't know, fun's not the word I'm looking for, engaging without just being, just sort of getting, you, know, you don't want to take people down too low with it. No, it's getting a very quiet reaction when I do it. It's a story about a guy that comes back from war and, um, the, the problem with um, trauma is that you can get stuck in that one time and um, it's not an easy thing to get out of and some people never get out of it. They'll have the same horrific dream over and over and over. So, um, but the song is, is about this guy's problems and he's got shrapnel wounds and um, it's about how he's working to get through post-traumatic stress disorder and um, he's got in his mind there was a metaphor of a river in it and he's looking at the river and he said he's going to be like the river and just keep moving on he'll, he'll keep going
Let's keep going with the second of your music choices. Let's have The Beatles. While my guitar gently weeps, why this? Um, gee, I've forgotten. It was <laughs> a good reason, too. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved this song. I first heard it in 1969, and um, it says very much, I think, what the world needs. Um, um, I don't know how nobody told you how to unfold your love. I don't know how someone controlled you, they bought and sold you. I think it, it talks a lot about the modern world and how out of touch we can be with ourselves. And when that happens in a mass, a mass of people, um, maybe we live a life that's that can be absent of, of love largely. I don't find that in Dunedin. That's one of the things I like about it, uh, or love about it, the community. There seems to be a lot of sharing of love in Dunedin.
But lots of people have talked about the the pandemic and the shutdowns or the, the slowdown, the the tourists not being here as an opportunity for us to have a bit of a stop and a a rethink, a reset. Are you seeing it as a return to business as usual, or are you you seeing something else? You're hoping for something else, perhaps. I don't see it as a return um, to what we had before. Um, the world's changed. New Zealand's changed. Um, I feel like we've got our country back uh, a bit more without all the tourists here. I, I I feel that there's just too many tourists coming through here for the size of the country. Uh, it, it, it'd be nice to have tourists, but um, we, we seem to be at an industrial level. Um, and it's a very risky thing in today's age. Uh, Queenstown economy was worth $8 billion, and I think they're down to, what is it, 40%? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But um, it, it, it seems like they've got the, all their eggs in one basket, and um, they're suffering. And I feel for the people that are suffering, that's for sure. Um, I, I hope this is something of a wake up in, in many areas of our life. However, um, it was so good during lockdown. Um, there was hardly any cars on the street. I got to talk to the neighbours, was painting a fence and going for walks. and um, It felt more like um, back in time when things were slower. I don't know why we were so sped up it just seems to be this competitive age that we're in with money sort of ruling far too much there was a moment just before the end of the the big lockdown where several people have mentioned that they've they've myself included that they thought oh hang on tomorrow we're all going to rush around being busy again and we kind of did but i think that what we've come back to is not as much rushing around well, I hope that's the case, Samuel. That would be really good. And it certainly gave me a lot of time to think and and just be like I didn't have to go out to work every day. And I like my work, but it was pretty neat just having that freedom. Um, it was more like a very long holiday to me. So, some questions to end the show with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, uh, leaving North Dunedin. What was wrong with North Dunedin? It's a fabulous place, but after 30 years there, um, accumulated stress. Um, I was hoping that things could change. Uh, when I first went there, there were 5,000 students, there was a lot of families there, and there was a social balance. Now it's basically anarchy, and that's what you get when, um, well, I look to the authorities, I think they need, they need to be stronger, uh, but to live there is pretty much impossible unless you're a student. And it's a fabulous city within a city, North Dunedin. But it's very stressful. What well, was very stressful for me to live there with constant noise, broken glass, rubbish all over the place. Um, oh, just it was very distracting. Yeah, I, I just wanted to clear my head. So I went south. I went from north to south, and I, I, I always considered North Dunedin my home and a very. Um, busy life of moving around um, but it no longer is and I just feel relief now <laughs> so what's your superpower oh um, finding what's authentic and living authentically that's most important thing to me just keep working at it just keep living as authentically as you can 
then there isn't much else that sort of worries me, although I can get very worried, but um, to just come back to the self, stay with the self, be yourself, whatever that is. So do you consider yourself to be an activist? I deal with what's at hand, um, activist. Um, I certainly have a lot of opinions. Um, I think music is my main activism. And just day to day, just being with people and dealing with whatever comes along. Um, yeah, I have a friend that superglued herself to a railing on a ship in Timaru as a protest against oil exploration. Um, and I've, radicals change things, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think I do it in a more, um, in a quieter way, in my own little way, yeah. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, my parent. It says, time to get up. <laughs> Come on, get up. Okay. Put your work clothes on. Put your shoes on. Well, that's what gets me up. Um, I, I believe in the power of music. And it, it was... Um, I was surviving on music before I became a musician, before I wrote. And it was more real to me than what else was, a lot of the other stuff that was in my life. Um, it's, um, it's the realness of good music and that connection with some sort of sanity, I suppose. And it's a beauty. It's a beauty. Truth and beauty. So, what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, I don't really know. Just to keep on living, doing what I do. Um, perhaps. Getting a bigger audience would be something I've had in mind for a long time. Uh, I think stick to your knitting is the message for me and, and just work at it. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that one. So stick to your knitting is your advice for yourself. Do you have any advice for our listeners? On what? Anything you like, it's a free hit. Oh, thank you, Samuel. I'd say live authentically. Find out by living who you are and live authentically. And to me, that's the most important thing. It's not to do with a lot of the things we're conditioned to think are important like money and things. Doing is what's important to me. And I like things, and we live in a physical world, um, but to recognize conditioning, and we've all been conditioned in one way or another, and bravely live your own life, your true self, find your true self, live authentically. It can be hard. Uh, but I find a lot of people in the need and do live that way. Thank you for that. Thank you very much for joining me. Well, thanks for asking me, Samuel. I um, appreciate it.
stitches There she goes, the Elsie Evans From Porto Meadows Through the waves Across the harbor To Port Chalmers Port to Port All the way Through the guards Past Cradle Rock Seagulls squeal, the children laugh. Old Elsie, she departs through the channel, past back beach. We're closing fast now. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is the Phil Caulfield Band, Elsie Evans. I'm Samuel Lennon Bay and I have been joined by Phil Caulfield in South Dunedin. And that was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. On the way.